Hello and welcome to Poker Tram Jam. I spoke with Austin Hearn about a wide variety of his work and practice during what was a very active 2020 and 2021. We began by discussing his film Whispers, the role of Flaner in his approach to seeing, gathering and creating through the viewpoint of smartphone lo-fi editorial choices enmeshed in a series of vignettes. Austin spoke about his work with Glenn McQuaid, Satin Shadow, a two-piece goth cold wave band, and of their visual and audio motifs, creating an album and of their performance at the complex. Later in the chat, we revisited some of Austin's most recent shows, including Slabs at the Complex and Love Letters to Cardinal Ramo at Periphery Space, and of the experience of creating and assembling for these shows, as well as the work with Collective Child Naming Ceremony. Austin very generously spoke about his upcoming work in 2022 and how he sees his practice developing towards this. Um, yeah, I'd like to talk about Whispers, if that's okay, we could start with that because... Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Yeah, um, um, yeah I'm like still making sense of that as a work. I mean, it was only mm. finished last year. Mm. Um, and it, yeah, it's an archival project, really. It's, it's video that's been shot over the last... 10 years or so you know and it was kind of I suppose making that film was made easy by the actual ease with which you can shoot on iPhones mm. or camera phones and all that kind of thing so um, yeah and it was made I mean I, I, I'm like they were just they're snippets that I would have shot when I was going around religious sites and mm-hmm. just throughout my life that I, there were snippets that were just shot off the phone yeah. um, and never would like, I was never thinking that I'm going to make this into a piece of work it's just in the last couple of years it was like I just realised that I had thousands of snippets on you know my computers and yeah. hard drives and stuff and I started playing around with them and putting them together and I just sort of started you know I saw the the possibilities, you know. Mm. So, um, yeah, and I, like I wouldn't have done that film. I wouldn't have made that film ten years before because I wouldn't have had the ease of access to the camera phone. Yeah. You know, yeah. camera phones are in your. You know, photography has changed. Photography and video, video making and mm. recording videos for. And like democratically for people on the street for you know yeah. whatever, it's become so much easier and it's you know it's it's really broad ranging and wide and people are amassing all this kind of material. So I mean I wouldn't have made it ten years before that because to do that I would have had to go in with a big cumbersome video yeah. into yeah. whatever situation you know like a big cumbersome video camera or whatever. So. I suppose the beauty of the video cameras were is that I could go into these spaces and just not be a photographer, not be a videographer, not be a artist, just be a person. People couldn't even see yeah. the camera or yeah. the phone. So I could do it really, what's the word? You know, In- I could do it yeah. basically, I could just do it without being seen and it was just yeah. very easy. There's a word I think you used uh, describing that process, which I, I really like. It's flaneur, and it's like the kind of like going yeah. between and sort of like, um, I think it's like a lot of poets way back in the day um, would have been described as flaneur kind of artist types. And I really like that because mm. you, it's kind of 
from a photographic point of view, it's like you are just taking in with almost like with at the moment without judgment, you're just taking it as it is. And then like post yeah. 10 years, it's then, you know, like, like there's so much footage and I'm, I'm guessing that there's probably more that didn't probably make it to the cut or yeah. to the, to the film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On a daily basis, I'm still shooting stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, and I mean, I would, I would see being a flaneur being one of the most important kind of aspects to my practice because that's what I kind of do. I don't really go out and say I'm going to photograph. You know, I'm a photographer first and foremost. I think, mm. and so I don't ever really. I very rarely, but I do. But I very rarely. I'd say seventy percent of the time, I go out without an idea of what I'm going to shoot photographically or video. So I'm just drawn to certain spaces and there most of the time they are, you know, religious sites like churches, graveyards, mm -hmm. those kind of places, you know, mm -hmm. monasteries, whatever I can get into that, you know, easily. I just float into these places and, you know, I'm really drawn to them and I'm drawn to them for many different reasons because, yeah, I'm very passionate about them as... Um, Mm. visual spaces so yeah so it's yeah the flanner thing is really important mm. and things happen when you're in a space you know uh, things catch your eye or uh, yeah things just catch your eye and you just shoot and you don't really think I wouldn't really be thinking about it you know and Instagram's really good because I post then on stories pretty mm. immediately without thinking um, and it feels really it feels really um, bold or something and naughty and it gives me a buzz and I find it like quite funny and it gives me a lot of joy and um, it feels a bit rebellious without being an arsehole, do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's rebellious, it's a quiet, it's without being, it's rebellious without kind of, you know, because there's anger within some of the work. So it's anger, you know, it's rebellion without going in and screaming and shouting in the church and upsetting people yeah, who are yeah. in there, you know. Yeah. So it's, you're taking some without being aggressive as such, even though some of the content is kind of aggressive or, you know, it can be aggressive and it can be funny, it can be comedic. It's a lot of different things. Yeah, I think um, there's a balance, like, in... So, like within whispers that the the film and uh, love letters to Cardinal Ramo, there's like there is that I think you could say there's an inherent aggression or in the textural kind of I don't know the the jaggedness of some of the work if you want to put it that way in the kind of top layer what do you take from it at first glance, but it's it's also like. Uh, it's like I think it's buoyed and like supported by like yeah there's still beautiful references to the marble the aesthetic qualities that a church or a place of worship has um and even in the costumes like it's I don't yeah I don't think it's it comes across like you're not just being like you know it's all fucking shit it's like no 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 like it's it's the whole there's more of a whole kind of uh, picture so to speak you know yeah 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 and that's important that I get all that in you know that it's yeah, and that's where I'm coming from. I mean, I am trying to, you know, I'm trying to encompass a lot of different tones within my work, you know, and there is a jaggedness. And there, like, I mean, the Whispers is the way it's edited. It's just mm. quite violent. So there is a lot, and like, Love Letters to Cardinal, Cardinal Ramo, Dan and Gory was, you know, some of the paint 
applications was violent and aggressive and it wasn't soft and soft and considered. So there's a lot of that there. And um, there's a weird tenderness as well, but that can be coupled with being a bit, it can be tender and a bit creepy or something as well. But, and there's comedy, there's all these kind of things that I'm trying to convey and communicate. and I suppose I'm trying to mirror the institution as well, because the mirror, the, the institution itself of the Catholic Church and mm. churches, they are creepy, they are tender, and they're about, you know, mm. a lot of the philosophy is about love and understanding as us as human beings and being accepting. But, I mean, that's on the surface, but when you dig deeper, there's a lot more, you know, it's, it can be quite violent then towards women and gay people and queer people and yeah. um, they, it can be just violent towards each other you know mm-hmm. so there's a lot of that kind of cruelty that goes on um and then it's you know there's so much comedy there as well you have to like and just sort of really ridiculousness because yeah it's just you really sit down and think about some of the kind of philosophies within the catholic church it's just so silly and fantastical and you know, and if you step back, because we're so ingrained and we're so ingrained in some of the traditions and stuff, you really step back, it's like so silly. But we accept and we don't question and it just becomes very, the silliness is just normal and it's just like, yeah, we're turning the water into wine and all this sort of magic kind of, magic weirdness mm. that kind of we have to accept is going on and, you know. yeah. It's also visually quite surreal, um, and I think that's surreal. Yeah, like it's presented like, per, like, I personally wasn't brought up Catholic, but obviously it's it's growing up in Ireland. You still it's it's uh, institutional. You grow up, you see it, you're around it. But in the vignettes or in the film and in photographs I've seen of yours and paintings, it's like showing isolated imagery of like, say, some of the ceremonial costumes or the items they're so like grand and kitsch like you know on their own it's and, like which is quite strange like it, it hits you i think you know and maybe when you experience it more daily or routine on a routine basis it do, you you're not made aware of how <laughs> how bizarre it all is you know yeah, I suppose that's a photographer's job or a photographer of artist's job is to kind of take things out of their original context and isolate them. And, mm. you know, maybe a costume, a costume within a ceremony on a human being. And, you know, within the context of a church, it doesn't look so weird because it's surrounded by all the other fabulous weirdness. Yeah. But if it's just a photograph or an image of this couture style, you know, couture style actual mm. costume. It's like, wow, you know, yeah, and yeah. this is like a dress that's on a, yeah. a man, and it's an institution that's like it's extremely homophobic and extremely transphobic, and mm. you know, and it's just like, mm, you know, and you just could, yeah, so that kind of would make you think isolating aspects of things quite powerful, yeah. Um, and like the there's there's clips at the start which I, I think it's uh, oh I get his name correct Archbishop Dermot or the previous Arch I think yeah and he, 
Yeah, it's Rich Raymond Martin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's and he's 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 repeatedly saying grinder, 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 and it's just like, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that was a story that was um, down in Minute. There was like that was probably about four or five years ago, where the seminaries seminarians were. There's just a lot of grinder stuff going on and like gay orgies going on in the seminary and you know all this kind of stuff and it came to light it was on the news so he was forced to say grinder a couple of times on like the national news yeah yeah so i thought it was like quite delicious and it was kind of like <laughs> i felt it was some kind of revenge that i would just record him saying grinder and isolate the rest of the words <laughs> and piece them all together you know so um yeah yeah that was pretty delicious actually yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um i wanted to ask about uh satin shadows um uh, but I had listened to the tracks and just Satin Shadows as a project. Could you explain a little bit in the context of your practice and um, the your relationship, the duo, and how how it works? Yeah. Um, well, Glenn McQuaid is my friend for you know a good twenty years now, mm. and um, he lived in New York and came back to Dublin the last sort of two and a half years, mm. and. Yeah, we'd always wanted to do something together. And I, um, Glenn is a really interesting artist and he's a filmmaker mainly and he makes music yeah. under the um, name of Witchboard. So, and he has a very similar aesthetic and vibe, for want of better words, to me in that he's kind of, yeah, like he's queer, he's gay, he's... Uh, He's a horror nut, you yeah. know, he's really into horror. He's very into music-wise, we've very similar tastes. Now, he's more nerdy kind of than I would be, but very much into goth and post-punk. Yeah. And um, he's have a really broad, broad range. He's introduced me to some great people over the years as well. So, like, um, I would love to learn a lot, actually. Um, so... Um, where am I going with this? Yeah, so... We've always, yeah, so I've done stuff. I've I provided an artwork for Witchboard and then um, just really, it was it was a product of the lockdown. Satin Shadow was a major product of the lockdown mm-hmm. and I don't think it, it wouldn't have happened without the lockdown. And it was um, a product of kind of boredom as well and being isolated at the very start of um, the lockdowns in kind of March, April 2020. Um, and... Obviously, he's looking at my work. He's interested in what I do, and um, I'm interested in what he does. He does as well. So it just sort of made sense. He sort of suggested, like, listen, if you're, if you've anything like a voice wise or yeah. spoken spoken word wise, just throw it over to me, yeah. and I'll put it to sound or music, and mm-hmm. we'll see what kind of happens. So yeah. I didn't really think much would happen or anything would happen out of, out of it but stuff happened really really quick like I would go I collect a lot of the kind of Catholic newspapers free newspapers like Alive and yeah. the Irish Catholic and all that kind of stuff so when he said send me stuff I would I think the first thing I did was actually sing a paragraph out of um, an article in one of those papers mm. and I can't remember exactly which one it was now at this stage but um, 
I just sang it to him and sent it over to him. And that evening, he had made it into a track and they'd sent it back to me. And it was like, wow. Yeah, like, yeah. it was mind blowing to me. I just couldn't believe that something so quick could happen. So, anyway, that kind of back and forth kept happening. Um, and I was in, like, I was kind of quiet at the time. I was building up to the, the Gory show, obviously, around. The last, no, was I building up to the Gory show? No, I was building up to, I had very little on, it was 2020. So I had quite a lot of time to kind of um, think about spoken mm. word stuff. I'm not really, I'm not a singer at all, you know, so it was to kind of think about delivering yeah. words in different ways and kind of in character and in voice and all that kind of thing. And in my day to day life, I do mimic and take. You know, mimic yeah. accents and mimic voices and all that kind of stuff. So it was quite, it was kind of a good, it was kind of easy for me to, to just look at words, maybe write words and um, deliver them in loads of different ways and just send them over to Glenn by voice, uh, voice message basically. Um, and he would just work his magic on them. So yeah, yeah. before we kind of knew, I think within like six weeks, we had the album made pretty much so yeah it happened like that it was yeah, really yeah. really f magical and f like yeah it blew me away actually I was, it was really and it was a great thing it really got me through those kind of first kind of few months of pandemic because it yeah. was you know it was, yeah I was creating something yeah and it was something I would never have really thought like you know would ever happen you know so yeah, yeah. 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 So, yeah, and then we, we actually performed it then. Yeah. The Did you see the performance the, in the, the, the complex? Yeah, it was, um, it was re-released in October. I think it was like for, a ha was it Halloween or it was, it was there was a re-release of it. Um, yeah. And like the, yeah, the coloration is crazy. Like I've actually, yeah. there's going to be a link to that Vimeo video of that performance oh, here. So like. Um, yeah, that was that was deadly because I remember like, um, I think in in between because as far as I'm I'm aware the album was released in March of last year twenty one, and then the performance in the complex was I'm not too sure when was the original performance do you remember or I'm trying to think the, oh, but it was, was yeah, so yeah it's uh, it's gone out my head there it was last May I think, I think right right May. right okay yeah no um. But it was the. Oh, no, it was twenty. Why well, I, I said twenty twenty? So it was all twenty. It was all that. Yeah, year, yeah, actually. yeah. yeah it was like, Sorry. It's like it was a really like um, quite a the sort of window of when things happened last year for some of your work is like it's incredible. Like you know between your, you did another one with um Anne Ensor in uh, Culture Night last year as well. Up in the complex. That was twenty twenty. Oh, twenty twenty. Sorry, my bad. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I was yeah. 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 My bad. Um. No, I'm all over the place with dates yeah, yeah. with this pandemic. It's yeah. it's like it feels sometimes that time has been really, really stretched out and then it feels like the whole pandemic sometimes has been four years or else other times you think it's been like two months. Yeah. You know, so Yeah. I am um, I was just thinking of the like the there was a, a still taken which I now know was taken from a video of that performance and in, in the complex and 
I think it was put to black and white, and it's the, I th- I think it's yourself in the robe with the background of the, t- yeah. the tiles. It's such a striking image, like, but um, because yeah. it kind of I, initially I wasn't sure if you were like if it was you know those like mirror balls like the like, disco ball. I wasn't sure if it was that kind of vibe or or whatever, but. Um, yeah. But in in color and video, I was like, "Oh shit! There's a smoke machine. There's a lot going on here." There's like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. it was like, "Let's just go for this," you know. And that was that was another strand of madness. In that, I like we were we were um, approached by the complex then to perform um, to camera in the space of the complex. Mm. Um, as part of Tanit Aaron and Mark Swords' exhibition. So yeah. that kind of happened. We were invited to do that as part of that. And then it was like, just wanted to do it. And we were like, well, we haven't performed this. Do yeah. You know, we've never even been in the same room wow. singing and, you know, uh, me to sing and deliver words and for and to perform and for Glenn to actually play the music. So that was like... It was kind of like, oh, just fuck it, let's just do it. Like, and that's just, it was really scary, you know. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, there was a lot of unknowns. I mean, I haven't really, I'd never performed in that kind of way before. Mm-hmm. So, but it was just a great opportunity. And it was just like, yeah, I mean, why not, you know? So, um, that was good. And that was like, I've always kind of dressed in kind of drag and dressed, I like dressing up. I've always yeah. liked dressing up and stuff. So it was like, okay, so now we have to come up with the kind of visual. Mm-hmm. signature of the band what do the members look like yeah yeah you know how do you turn the the audio the music into like how does it all look and how what's the you know how do you mirror that tone and stuff so yeah uh, to do it in um, that drag persona was just made sense you mm-hmm. know and to um yeah 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 and the, yeah, obviously the dry ice and all the like the, the mad lights and everything. It was just like, yeah, I'm a rock star. <laughs> but it, it was kind of it was it was funny. It was funny and yeah. uh, it worked out quite well. And was there like a difference between like your the album that is on Bandcamp? Was there a difference between the the way that you performed like? it live to like do you know what I mean was there much deviation and stuff or was it like there was actually loads because um it was the first time we got together like in the the same room so we did different versions of some of the tracks from the album and we had two um we two rehearsals in the space before the before before the performance was recorded so we actually ended up um kind of writing and compiling some new tracks there and then oh, there on the there on the in the performance and then on Bandcamp we released an album which was alive at the complex. So yeah there was different yeah we just we kind of like expanded on the original album. Yeah so it was a great really 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 magical um, yeah. project and we're working on some new stuff now. We have oh, cool. done some other tracks and we're working towards doing uh, um, an album so um, see where that takes us actually yeah so and we're just yeah we're doing that in between our own projects and you know so um, we don't have an exact deadline so we'll see what happens there now it must have been really interesting for you to go from 
being predominantly a visual artist, like photographer, um, and creating installation work during the summer to like using sound, using voice, um, and for one of the first times you did it as well, like that's, you know, yeah, it's a, it's a really cool transition. Yeah. Yeah, yeah um, and it's, it has been good. I've, I've, I don't know, the last couple of years I have performed a bit, done performances in galleries and stuff, and throughout my MFA back in 2016, mm. I'd, um, I kind of, I, I did, perf- I, I've always performed for, for camera, actually, so I've always inhabited a character sure you know um or you know acted as a model or as an actor in front of the camera for still so i've always always done that from the first time i kind of started taking photographs i've always turned it back on myself mm-hmm. so um and then throughout my mfa i kind of performed with other people i did performances with um, amanda coogan and like selena muldoon and so, so i always kind of put myself out there to do performances as kind of a kind of as a tool to kind of learn about myself and to push yeah. myself and to push my sort of I can be a bit shy sometimes to push that a little bit and to mm. kind of learn and so I did those I, I kind of put myself in those positions and did performances yeah yeah just to expand my knowledge of things and just to see if it can make me think in a different way if I can bring it back to my own work in mm. any way and so I think the satin shadow thing coming up, I had done so much bits of performance that it wasn't overly daunting. Like, I mean, I've very, I'd never done a voice, like, you know, delivering my voice to a microphone. Mm-hmm. So that was totally new. Yeah. Um, and that's quite terrifying, actually, you know. And you might know a bit about that, being a singer, actually, as well. Yeah, like, it sort of, other way, other way, kind of the other way around from maybe yourself. Like I was more uh, practicing more in music for like a couple of years, and then only in like my twen- mid twenties began to like explore visual visually, and I still do both. Like I and like that I, I do draw a distinction between them, but I like, um, yeah, they really they really help each other out because you're not sort of like putting all of the pressure all of the energy into one area and it sort of I don't know kind of it keeps you fit in some ways I guess I don't know if you feel a sort of way but um yeah no it's it's really nice to like just to, to chop it up a little bit and then have have your focus points as well you know um yeah. and you also um during uh Love Letters to Carl Ramo yourself and Child Naming Ceremony did a performance at the pavilion yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. That was pretty crazy. And that's online as well. Yeah, yeah that's an Yeah. Where did um wh- like the roots of child naming ceremony was that during your MFA or was that like in the last couple of years or how did that come about? Yeah. Well, we'd all be friends that we all kind of met on the MFA and right. um. Yeah, it happened sort of in the kind of kind of months and years after the MFA. We were all like, I suppose we were like fledgling kind of ducklings, and we we're all fine trying to find our way. And I think we needed each other. Mm. Um, we needed that sense of community. We needed that kind of friendship, and um, we were all quite, I don't know, in some ways quite similar 
but in other ways very different people and very different artists and we just I think we just saw the possibilities that could come from that and yeah. I, for me I was like it was another way to sort of, sort of my main reason for getting into it was definitely the community, sense of community and friendship but as an artist it was a way for me to really just challenge myself and to mm. get myself out of my comfort zone um, and to learn um, and to learn about um, sort of relinquishing control and mm. um, yeah I mean we had we, you know our kind of modus operandi was that we were never going to like we were always wanted to make sure that it was um, whatever we made was made with the one signature hand in a way that it was never like it never looked like my work for instance it was right, always right. something that looked totally neutral from the rest of us mm-hmm. so yeah it's been brilliant it's a, it's a great project and I'm not really sure where it's going now but it's been yeah it's been really really good fun and it's been really wild actually yeah. so that's been yeah, I've learned so much from that actually. That's um, really, yeah. And yeah, so I'm not sure what's happening next with all that now, but um, it's been nothing but positive actually. Yeah, and um, it's really interesting because, like, you have, like, uh, that occurred, that performance occurred uh, during the summer exhibition in Gori, and um, like, it in itself, it was so drastically, obviously, mentioned it's like got the, the singularity or the group kind of signature rather than being sort of one of your own pieces but um but it's so like there's there's a real diverse kind of range to the the pieces you've 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 you're participating in you put out in the last i don't know like two three years and even in your most recent in slabs in the in the complex like that in itself um unfortunately i didn't get to attend it in person i was just i was viewing it only online but um yeah the 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 um, curation of it and the way that the the pieces because there's so many photographs but physical photographs mm. and if, and I thought that was really interesting because it kind of sort of there was a sense of I'm just sort of projecting my own word here but like kind of decon deconstructing a little bit like you know I think there were there was some elements of um, the wall not wall hangings but wall mountings that you use in, in Cardinal Ramo were there I think or there was reproductions. And yeah, like, can you talk about like that that process? It just um of creating slabs and what it was, yeah. what it was really about for you. Um, I think in it, it, you know, in one sentence, just to start, it was really it was mainly about materializing photographic photographs, right? Because we've come to this stage now where photographs are seen mainly digitally and online and I've had a lot of problems with you know and I've, I've practiced photography through mm. from the analog and into the digital age so uh and I fell in love with it when it was like analog and yeah. very um tactile you know and you created the photographs in the dark room and all that magic so I felt that was all gone away and then I just felt like and I'd lost a lot of photographs over the years and computers and I find it really difficult even now to kind of manage my photographs and to manage the content like it's it seems like it's a lot a lot of work Mm. to kind of get them from phone onto your computer onto a hard drive and now the likes of 
Apple and all the kind of big tech people, they, they make it really, I think they make it harder because USBs don't fit new computers and yeah. old, old, um, like old external hard drives don't fit new computers and you have to get, you know, so it's just, I find it really frustrating. Mm. So I see the value in the printed photograph mm. and to me that, that, that value can be on a bit of crappy old paper or yeah. it can be a photograph that are printed 10, 15 years ago on a bit of office paper and it's been in a folder for the last 10 years and then I go through it again yeah. and it's like, thank God I have this because yeah. I lost the digital version of this. So I like I print quite a lot like off my computer and onto a desktop printer and I kind of... and. I like that process and I kind of experiment with different papers and I always have done and mm -hmm. I paint on the papers and I print on them. Um, so that's, I suppose that's one strand in it. So it's a way of like, like slabs had over, I'd say, I don't know, anything from 350 to 400 separate images, stroke photographs. Mm -hmm. um, so, and I find them really precious and I really look after them and they're boxed up separately and um, like they have infinitely more value than, you know, the thousands of, you know, the tens of thousands of photographs I have on USBs and external hard drives and blah, 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 because I don't think they're going to, I think a photograph on a crappy bit of paper is going to outlive a lot of that stuff. You know, a lot of, yeah, so it was, so that's kind of, that's one thing, you know, I, mm -hmm. I kind of rally around trying to kind of, and I go through my computers and like, oh my God, I've never printed that, so I'll just print it on sort of, if I have good paper with, to hand, I'll print it on a good bit of paper, if yeah. I don't, I'll print it on whatever, you know, so, and in a way I'm kind of relieved then because okay, I, like, I'm like, okay, that image is actually saved in some way. Now it's a really, really, really great image it's printed really, really well and mm. it's exhibited and it's framed and, you know, so there's all that. So yeah, that's kind of, yeah, it's, it's kind of making that point that the, the, the physical, no matter what form it is, is so much more important and valuable. Mm. And yeah, so that's a part of it, yeah. Um, what else can I say about slabs? Um, yeah, it's an ongoing project. I've been like the, the, the material on in slabs is from the last since I started taking photographs twenty odd years ago, twenty three, twenty four, five years ago. Mm -hmm. Um and it's photographs I took and then it's photographs that I've um appropriated some in some ways. I mean mm -hmm. there is a small portion there that are family photographs, the odd one are their families, their photographs that have been found, yeah. that I come across, that I claim as my own. Um, and the tables that they're on, they're, they are wallpaper pasting tables, which are part of my kind of DNA as well. Um, coming from a background in uh, painting and decorating, um, so I would have grown up around those tables. They were just always kind of around the place mm. and um, they're just really handy tables. They're really handy tables for, um, they're 12 euro each or something. So I have loads of them and I've always had loads of them. They're just really handy if you have, yeah. uh, if you have them in the studio just for 
kind of light work. So I kind of ended up just really instinctively starting to lay stuff out on them, lay photographs out on them. Mm. And kind of before I knew it, I was kind of editing each table. I was I would be editing a table mm. and that would build up to some kind of storyboard. You know, there'd be 30 or 40 photographs on this yeah. table. And it'd be physically edited in and out. So, yeah, so that's how it kind of first happened. And then obviously over the years it expanded and expanded and mm. expanded and built up to, like, like there was nine tables in the slab show. I'm working on a tenth table at the moment. Right. And I would, like, envisage in, I don't know, maybe five years, be 20 tables. Yeah. And it could be shown in a really, really big space. So, yeah, and... I s- so yeah, there's a lot of memorialising going on mm. in the work because it does span 20 odd years and it's, you know, photographs that I have considered and dealt with over that time and it's a way of me sort of working out my life and working yeah. out my past and my present and so yeah, there's a lot of, there's people who've died in that, like family members who are past yeah you know photographs of them and so yeah it's, it's everything it's so autobiographical but not in a very linear way or not in a mm. way that's um didactic in any way it's mm-hmm. kind of just a record to some extent it's a record but it's not a like it's not a kind of statement that it's like this has been my life um, there's many different readings to it as well and it has a lot of my interests my interests around the Catholic Church and yeah. um, my sexuality my identity um, all those kind of things um, and in the space as well like the space itself of the complex is it's a grey old banana ripening room and the fruit market and has an unbelievable presence and atmosphere and yeah. history uh, and it's kind of the cold in a way that kind of has yeah it has a kind of coldness to it but um since it's become a gallery there are walls there are some of the walls are white so i wanted to eliminate that white the whiteness so i painted the walls to kind of blend in with the existing oh, kind right. of concrete walls yeah, yeah. it's just in similar tones and stuff as well and also it's kind of an excuse to paint because I love painting, so it was an excuse yeah. to kind of do some activity that was, you know, physical. Yeah, and the, like, I really, really, like, um, enjoyed, there's a video that's, I think it's actually on your Instagram account relating to slabs, where it's the sort of, like, showing, like, it was, like, I think it's something like choosing, choosing the photos, and it's, like, one, two, three, but it's it shows them really itemized on their own which um yeah yeah and i really i really enjoyed that uh seeing that the pace mm-hmm. of it as well um, um and it was quite distinct from for again from what i've seen digitally of that exhibition where you're sort of top down looking on the tables like say if you were going from table to table and they yeah. are assembled all differently and they look like artifacts like they don't you know they, you mm-hmm. say like this is from say 20 25 years um predominantly photographic um mixture of digital analog but there's something that's like it feels even like 
I don't know, like, I want to say older, but I don't mean, like, oh, yeah, it looks it looks ancient. It's not that kind of sense, but it's sort of, yeah, I don't, I don't think it's, uh, it's quite limited. And, and, and as you're saying about going forward with this project, like, the next five years, that open kind of uh, timeline is really interesting, I think, um, to see what, 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 how, it, how it develops and if there is a shift, yeah. in, you know, like, um, yeah. But, I mean, I've only... Yeah, like I've only touched the surface of my archive. I mean, there's so much more there. Like there's, there's, there is. I mean, it's a, it's a. I don't know. Being a photographer is it quite. You're, that's kind of like where you're rooted in. I yeah. suppose you amass, and especially if I've been doing it nearly twenty five years now, yeah. you amass so much material. Yeah. And like I've negatives from when I was in college and after college that I have never printed. You know, they're just wow. on contact sheets and. There's even negatives that aren't even on contact sheets. So, you know, so I have to, you know, it's it's a massive, massive job. So yeah. that's why Slabs as a project yeah. has, <clears throat> is open-ended because I mean, even to this day, I'm still taking photographs, obviously. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah, and I think you were saying about the, the complex wanted to do something um, to kind of mediate the exhibition so I did that video it's called Considering Work for Slabs for Slabs so yeah. they are they're actually photographs that are being con- they didn't make it into the nine slabs but they are being considered for the next one in a way right, but right. they are shot separately yeah. on their own and yeah. you can kind of see their physicality as paper objects and you can you can see the surfaces whether they're glossy or satin or eggshell mm-hmm. or matte or whatever yeah. um, and they're shown in isolation which is kind of powerful like this, like they're framed in a way whereas yeah. in slabs the actual exhibition and when they're on the tables each photograph is surrounded by other ones you know yeah. so it, it's kind of like it's overwhelming it's kind of maximalist there's no space they're sort of seen in mm this kind of mad conversation and they're shouting at each other, and, you know, so... Yeah, there was something I, I read, um, I think it was the statement in support of, of Slavs and Complex, and I think the quote was something like, um, they they bounce and collide off each other, these images, and I was like, it's so that comes across, like, because there, there is a chaos yeah. to it, there's a frenzy kind of vibe going on, the tables yeah. and... <laughs> Um, yeah. yeah, and it's kind of like memory. It's sometimes like the way your memory can sort of serve you in a way. You can kind of look back at things, and it's you know you. And even you know if you're going to sleep and you're mm. processing the day, you're processing things. It's yeah, like yeah. I can find my thoughts can be quite jumpy. You can jump from one thought to the next thought, and from one time to the next time. So I think that's um, yeah. an element that is being kind of reflected in the work. And as well, like when you have the work, like I mean, the in the the particular way you chose to um cur- curate on the tables, um, in comparison to the description of like you know like having digital like libraries upon libraries, like you can't really see all of the images at once. You go one by one by one, and that's only one method of viewing the work. Whereas, you know, like whether it's right, wrong, or true, but like seeing the work in that way. Um, over that period of time, it could be like a truer reflection of like how your mind actually works, you know, like or how one's mind works at least, yeah. um, in terms yeah, of memory. Yeah. Um, going yeah. going forward, then as as Slabs is an ongoing project, 
What does uh, 2022 hold in store for yourself and your practice? Um, yeah, it holds a lot. Um, I've, yeah, we've been in a real period of reflection, actually, because yeah. last year was so bonkers. Yeah. You know, there was so much, yeah, it was a lot, a lot of work, and it was a lot of really, really different work, and it mm. was absolutely exciting. But when it got, got to Christmas kind of this year, I was absolutely just exhausted and yeah. actually reeling from it all and you know I'm absolutely delighted with it but I'm, uh, I'm still in this quite this period of reflection kind yeah kind of reflecting mm. I'm in the studio a good a bit yeah a good bit and I'm I've kind of promised myself that January was going to be a period for just playing and just like not really making anything with any purpose and just yeah. experimenting and just having fun I just find really find that really important mm-hmm. um, so but I have a big show coming up um, this November in the RHA and um, it's two galleries it's the two galleries upstairs not the big 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 gallery but the two other big galleries mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> so that's big and it will definitely be my biggest show to date and yeah I'm really excited for that and um, I haven't nailed it down. It's like I haven't actually nailed down exactly what the show is going to be about. But I do. It's not going to be slabs. I know, but it's. I'm kind of ninety percent sure it's going to be a jump off from love letters to Cardinal Ramo. Wow! Wow! Yeah. So, um, really, yeah, it'll be where it kind of be an opportunity for me to really, really embrace my painting practice, which has been a lot kind of it's been coming to the fore a lot more the painting um so yeah it's gonna like the gory show was my first major like kind of jumping into that painting world and uh embracing that mm. um so yeah the RHA show is going to be a real opportunity to like kind of explode with that so yeah 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 it's going to be Along the lines of gory, I think there's going to be a lot more sculptural works in it. Cool. Um, I'm kind of starting to kind of think more sculpturally. Um, sculptures with paint and photography. So yeah, it's going to be yeah. majorly multimedia, actually. Um, I think if, if, if I keep going in the direction where I think I'm yeah. kind of heading down. Um, so yeah, so that's quite big. So that's mm-hmm. the major thing I have this year. Cool. Um, and yeah, watch this space. It's it's a big show and it's it's overwhelming. But I've loads of time to get to to work towards it. And I am mulling everything over and yeah. I'm kind of writing down ideas and um, trying stuff out as well. So yeah. um, and the other good thing I have this year is I'm uh, being awarded Project Studio in Temple Bar Galleries and Studios. So that's going to be from July for a year. So that's going to be, yeah, that's going to be really perfect for bringing things together for the RHA show. Yeah. So, yeah, really exciting year. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, delighted and yeah. awesome to go now, ready to go. I'm so excited to hear that this is there's going to be like a jump off um, from um, your work at Periphery Space because the whenever... It, where people have not seen or didn't get a chance to experience it and it was in my opinion like a totally experiential kind of like exhibition that you 
you create these like three three rooms and photographs do some kind of justice videos do it some but like walking around and spending like i mean i you know being a little biased was was working at it but but i got to experience it in so many different ways and i think that's like to have another opportunity to do that in a in a different space um and did you mention it's like it's two floors like it's, well, it's two rooms. Two rooms. One is a really cavernous, big, tall ceiling, and then the yeah. other one's still big, but a lower ceiling, and yeah. they're connected. So, cool. It's a good opportunity to do something similar to Gory and that they're conjoined rooms. Yeah. Wow. Well, and, yeah. And for people, I suppose, who are listening, Alec um, invigilated the Gory show. Um, and I could have asked for anyone like better to vigilate because you were so I mean, thank God you really liked the work and <laughs> you were really passionate about it. So you were updating me all the time and sending me photographs and at the end of it you send me like loads and loads of like, amazing <laughs> detail shots and everything. So um, um yeah, that was that was that Yeah, was like it was great. it was thank you. It was like it was um yeah, very earnest. Like I I was really delighted to get the opportunity from uh, James Merrigan and Emma Roach who were the uh, curators and then like the the work itself like it just there was because there's so much to it that you know I think I every day that I was there I just saw some kind of different angle literally different angle and way of yeah. taking it in and yeah like depending on visitors coming in and like your interaction with them like it was and how they interpreted the work as well, that gave it a different energy as well. And yeah. it was really inspiring as well because like I was just like, wow, like I haven't really I haven't really been around kind of this sort of kind of space. And also because I had studied there a couple of months ago, like prior to that, I it, yeah. it totally like charged in a different way. I was like, what the fuck? Like this is this is so tricky. <laughs> <You know? laughs> but um yeah, so I I I'm glad that I added to your your digital uh, backlog of, of images. Oh, no, I mean, yeah, you, you took some great photographs. It was just yeah, it was just your passion was was so good. Like it was great. Oh, that's, that's cool. Well, it was, um, um, yeah. The space itself was just oh, it was after it was so good. The light it was just it was so bright and it was really hot then, wasn't it? It was really yeah. summer. It was really was like, a hot kind of time. Was it like um, middle of July like, to the middle of August or something like that? It was, yeah. Um, yeah, like it was, yeah, there was a couple of days. It was like, it was, I mean, thankfully where I was like sitting out at the front, like with the desk, it's kind of a little shaded and like cooler. So I was like, yeah. deadly. <laughs> I can be a little like goth here. Like, but <laughs> it's like, um, but it was like, but yeah, like it was, it was mad. Like, do you know the, something that didn't really, I didn't really interact with when I was studying there, but I, I guess because of the time of year that we were there prior to lockdown, uh, sort of more mm. winter winter months. But the outside, uh, do you know where? Uh, like this is kind of, you know where the red room, <laughs> the red room was like. You know the, the kind of kind of out the back. There was that yeah, big, yeah, like yeah. kind of little grassy hill. Yeah, yeah. Like I mean, that was we we would have gone out there as students to do like outdoor like. Uh, like still life drawings or whatever of, of like the fencing and stuff but um, but when you look in at the building when your work was in situ because there was like a real glow to that <laughs> to, the, to, to that obviously the red room but then the adjo- yeah. the adjoining room where you had like the 
you know, the dis- discarded, like, cans of paint and, like, all the, like, the baby oil and stuff. And it was, like, uh, it really, like, it, it was, like, kind of, like, this weird kind of, like, I mean, I'd say it was a pretty horrendous glow, but, like, in the best way, <laughs> you know, like, um, yeah. And they're, like, they're windows. They're, like, they're, they're, you know, when you walk past the shop front, it was kind of like that. That's kind of what I'm getting at, which... Um, yeah, yeah. It's a handy space, so so fair play, periphery space, <laughs> and yourself. Yeah, um, no, I'm, I'm really so grateful to them. They were brilliant, and like, yeah, they just let me go mental, really. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, you, do. <laughs> yeah you were, was it like three weeks where you were just there, and then like they just turned up and they're like, okay, this is what we have now. <laughs> yeah, they were. They were just like, yeah, they gave me three weeks or two and a half weeks, whatever it was. And they just gave me the keys and the, <clears throat> the alarm code and I could do what I wanted and I nice. really, really did. <clears throat> you know, I made all the wallpapers there and I kind of, yeah, I built it like I really built it, you know, from there. And it was, what's, you know that German word, Guzmantes work or something, what's that? <laughs> oh, um, I, I think I do. But it was a whole work, yeah. you know, it was, everything was linked and everything was, right, you right. know. What was it like? What was it like? What was it like taking it down? Because I remember, like, you used. I think that you some of it for the complex, like some of the strip wall parts. But like, how was that? Like taking it all down after putting all that. I guess putting all that. Yeah. It's yeah, hell, really, because it's actually lovely putting it up because you're creating something, you're Mm -hmm. building something. And then when you're taking that wallpaper down in particular, and I made that wallpaper there and I made it outside and yeah. on the grassy area there and paste, you know, pasted it all up and which was laborious and but a really nice yeah. process actually. But when you're taking it down, you're taking it down, you're destroying it. You can't reuse it, it's going in the bin. So that was heartbreaking and it's yeah, it's quite hard. And mm. I, I did have a good have a good bit of help from James and Emma. Mm. Um yeah, it's 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 not nice. <laughs> it's not nice work. It's just hard, hard work. Yeah. Um. And I no, I, and I didn't reuse any of that for the complex. That took an amount. Oh, I thought that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, because the wallpaper is like it's thinnish paper, and mm. you paint on it, and then your wallpaper pasted onto the wall, like wallpaper. You know, yeah, you, yeah. if you were to strip wallpaper in your house, it's not going to come down. Yeah. In a sheet, it's just going to come down and. In bits, bits. You know, yeah, you have to wet yeah. it down and steam it down, yeah, and yeah. so it's kind of destroyed. So yeah, so it's kind of like mm. I do question myself. What are you doing, making this ephemeral kind of stuff that is <laughs> takes a lot of work, you know, and looks really good for the duration of a four week exhibition or whatever it was, and then it's absolutely destroyed. I think it's um, kind of, that adds to it though. I don't make sense why I do that, but it's like, I kind of I kind of think I like it for some reason. Yeah, I mean it's interesting, definitely. Like you know, the the impact it would have it, it seems to have had. Like when it when you were taking it down and then like having to kind of make peace with that and move on and then like you know inherently or indirectly your next work is gonna have a reflection of that. You know what I mean? Because you're just yeah. Like, I feel like every time I do that wallpaper, it's kind of it's it progresses and it gets yeah. It changes because you know. I kind of like develop it or expand on it and you know it's made in different ways because I'm making it in different kind of places but I'm looking at ways now of making um, versions of those wall-based works on like 
big canvases that Ooh. can be rolled up and taken away and shown, you know. And oh, yeah, yeah, they yeah. They can be collected or bought and they can travel, you know, rather than... Because yeah. at the end of the day, I have no product, you know, like very little pro- Only the stuff that's actually hanging on a wall or a nail. Yeah, yeah. But, the, you know, the actual majority of the work is gone, you know, so... Yeah, that would be yeah, interesting. Yeah, I'm really seriously looking at ways, and that's kind of what I'm... Uh, experimenting with ways to kind of get that same impact but on something that can be taken away afterwards and transportable so yeah. let's see how that works out there is a beauty to that though that, that it's on the wall and it's really and it kind of echoes church walls in a way like marble church walls mm. that they're hard mm. and you know they're part of the architecture um so there's a there is there's some that's that's probably an important thing that the wallpapers do and that they kind of reflect or kind of like mirror that kind of yeah element within a church building yeah yeah um, I've never really th- yeah I need to think about that more actually yeah, it's it's interesting Why? because of like the 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 sort of the references to kind of like permanent permanence or impermanence when it's take literally taken down after a period of a show, but the reality of what it references is definitely well. Usually churches last for like more than four weeks, like but like, um, but also in reference to like how you're viewing your photographs and the desire for kind of like having a, more of a I want us to use the word legacy, even if it is like you know on something that may not be given uh, like you know you say a piece of normal printout paper but it's more permanent maybe you know from a digital archive yeah. so yeah it's going to be yeah that's really it's really interesting that that's like yeah there so um, yeah let's, let's see what happens here yeah so. well I think I'll probably uh, wrap it up around with here um, thanks so nice. much for talking with me about your work it's been a real honor and um i can't wait to yeah continue to follow your work (laughs) thanks so much alex for inviting me it's been really really good chat um and yeah thanks for your interest as well thanks for inviting me it's been really good Thank you.